Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. I'm super pumped about today's episode. I have made no secret my love of Virtuoso Pizzeria. I don't think there's anywhere in Omaha quite like it with those giant New York style slices and the thin, but still it's firm, but it's a pliable crust. But I would go to Virtuoso Pizzeria and just hang out and not even eat any pizza because it is so much fun to see this man and his wife, Brenda, run the show there and just talk with them. So please Welcome the chef and owner of Virtuo, Virtuoso Pizzeria to the show, David LaSole. Welcome. Well, thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me on again. Appreciate it. Yeah, this this is the second appearance that you made, but the first one was over two years ago. I mean, like an eon, it feels like. So much has happened since then, and I just wanted to have you back on, and we can talk pizza, we can talk how awesome Brenda is. We can we can talk about the future of Virtuoso. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, the digs here, sec- first of all, are second to none. You've definitely ste- stepped <laughs> it up. We've leveled up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you definitely. I was telling uh, Dylan over here that uh, life is levels, you know, and if you play the game of life, then you have levels of life. And that was kind of, that was like your first level where you were born at. And now, I don't know if you're an adolescent or maybe a teenager, but this is your second level of life right here in this little area it's a great space yeah and i like to think we're only going to keep growing keep and keep getting better i, I think so 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 i, I obviously we got to talk pizza here let's talk and, pizza. and I, I need to i need to get your i need to pick your brain on something and that there are so many different styles of pizza out there from sicilian to deep dish to thick crust to you know i mean we i could go on for well, not hours, minutes, <laughs> listing yeah. off different pizza styles. But New York-style pizza, it's my personal favorite. I You created a pizza shop around it. I imagine it's yours. Why? Why New York-style pizza? Of all the pizza out there, why is that your favorite? Well, so it's actually kind of my second favorite, Dan. Really? So I, I went off of the, the space that we were in, right? So I was fresh out of the San Francisco area where I went to the pizza school, with uh, Tony Gemignani, and as I was in North Beach, everybody had a window, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, and I have a shotgun uh, location. Uh, it's like 20 by 70, so kind of narrow, and you have to fit a kitchen and everything in there. And I asked everybody before I took over the old pizza shop, what was the number one thing? Why did What, what made people leave? And they said they wanted something by the slice, and we would tell them we have this pan pizza, but they were going to all these shows. They didn't really want to wait. So I was like, you know, this makes total sense. New York slice. I gave it the Omaha style with the instead of a cut. And my boy Nino Caniglio in New York, he's like, you can't do. He's like, bro, bro, you can't do that. So, you know, we don't we don't do it the true New York way, you know. So but anybody that appreciates a New York flavor, the thin, crispy, the nice, beautiful crust line that we give them, they know they know. And when we get a compliment where people say, oh, this reminds me of home, or this is as close to New York as I can get. I know we got them, you know. Once you can recreate that memory, obviously your home is where, you know, it's kind of funny. Let's, let's, I'm going to lead into this about all the different styles of pizza and everything that, let's do they, it. that you were mentioning. You know, we have Detroit. Chicago Cracker Thin is my favorite style of pizza. Okay, okay, there we go. And I wish people would make more of it I or buy more of it from me because I'm contemplating, like, ah, uh, how do I, how do I either just, like, should I, 
make it be like one day a week where I funnel them in so they can start appreciating it? Or I don't know how that works, but we're known for New York slices, right? Mm -hmm. So, and there's, there's great other spots in Omaha and there's coal fired pizza. There's Detroit style pizza. There's La Casa pizza, which is like, it's like pineapple on pizza or Monday, right? Like the guy that hated Monday decided he didn't like Monday and he didn't like pineapple on pizza. And half the country was like, you know what? I don't like Monday either. And screw pineapple on pizza. Who puts that on pizza? Well, I put it on pizza. I like it with Serrano peppers and a nice cup and char pepperoni. Um, and everybody's, you know, has different flavors. And if people can put, you know, ranch on pizza, you can certainly put pineapple on pizza, right? So all these different styles of pizza, and it's so subjective. Um, one of the, one of my, this was, this just happened about two weeks ago. I had about a six-year-old kid in the pizzeria and he was just so excited. And, you know, I try to, my kids call it Ted talk. I try to go interact with the customers and that's my social media. And so uh, this kid, he's like just so happy. Him and his dad are there. And he's telling me, oh, hey, you know, I love this place. And he's got the bottle of the Mexican Sprite. And he's telling me, he loves how I fit this soda into this bottle. He can't believe it. It looks like it should be beer in here, you know. And we had a little laugh about it. And he didn't quite get his pizza yet. And then I'm back there. And the waitress come up to me and she said, hey, you need to go check out this kid. He just gave you four out of five stars on your pizza. And I said, oh, I bet I know which kid this is. So I went out and I started talking to him. And I said, oh, four out of five, that's not bad. I'll take it, you know. And he said, yeah, I would have gave you five out of five stars if your sauce tasted like Pizza Hut, you know. And so <laughs> I just, I, I, I kind of, I said, dude, I appreciate that. That is the best and most honest review. I'll take any of those reviews, right? So the point of being subjective is it's kind of like back to La Casa, you know, a lot of people go, oh, I don't get La Casa people and how you can like La Casa. I love La Casa. I grew I up on, La Casa. I, I grew up on La Casa pizza, you know, um, and there's a lot of good pizza in this whole town. So what I wanted to do was uh, create a pizza alliance with all the um, just the, the single, you know, not chains, but just independent the locally owned. owned yeah, yeah, independent owner operators. And, and the idea would be to build community of like-minded businesses that network, uplift, and celebrate each other through pizza. So then I started thinking, you know, I like pushing myself into a corner. I'm going on the hopping report. I might as well just kind of tell everybody. A report. That's what I man, call you. I, man, I sh that's what I should have called the podcast. That's better than restaurant hopping. No. So I'm just like, I need to report to Dan on, on this so that people know what what I'm really about, like, I love pizza and I love all pizza. And that, that six-year-old kid, he, he knows what he likes, right? And everybody's different. Best is like very subjective. I don't do any pizza competitions or uh, buy into the, the pizza brackets or any of that stuff. I know through what we do that anybody that owns a pizzeria has to do a certain level for people to give you their money to, to buy your food, right? Like, they don't just like, oh, this sucks, and they keep coming back to you. So every pizzeria out there serves a different need. Even even your little Caesars, they have they have a need, you know. Uh, people, they flock to them. They, they've developed some systems. But Pizza Hut and Domino's are actually what gave Americans their view on pizza. So we have a lot to owe to those places. Like Pizza Hut <clears throat> was uh, founded by two brothers, right, and they – they became worldwide. Domino's, same thing. Two brothers, only they separated. And Domino's created the pizza box that we use. They were almost uh, certainly responsible for the start of the instant everything with their 30 minutes or less with the delivery system. So these pizzas, everybody has a different pizza. Um, Moots Pizzeria. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, Colin. Love Colin um, and his he, pizza. He's ready to be... You know, in this pizza alliance, I, I've spoken to Nick Strawhecker at uh, Dante. Dante. He's he's all about the pizza <clears throat> alliance. Um, your boy Matt uh, Matt Frampton, he's oh, yeah. he, he's down with the pizza. Urban alliance. Slicer, yeah, Urban Slicer. And the point of and someone's like, well, what pizzeria does he own? The point isn't you have to own a brick and mortar. There's actually some people that I've reached out to um, that are gonna that have mobile units only. Um, but if, if you don't know Urban Slicer, they're on all your high vs and all your um, Ace Hardwares, right? Yeah, basically, it's 
it's not dough, but it's it's a mixture that you mix with water, yeah. and then it makes dough, and you can make fantastic pizzas out of it. So even just some goober who has no skills yeah. like me in the kitchen. It's can like do Betty it. Crocker only for pizza. You just add a little water, and you're golden. And the quality's yeah, yeah, so much higher. So you know he's got that going, and maybe somebody wants to know how did you do that, or you know, so you have this little get together. Maybe it's monthly. Maybe it's bi-monthly where you just brush off and you know what's working for you and and not create so much competition because i feel like there's a lot of people that want you to have competition with other pizzerias and brother i wake up every day trying to just do what i did the same way i don't try to get better because you know consistency is where you win the game and i think we have consistently just we, we have a small menu um and just stay consistent quality and consistency and that's what we do. So, Here's what I love about you, Dave. One of the many things <laughs> that I love about you. I asked you about New York-style pizza. We started talking about Chicago Cracker Thin Pizza. We talked about pineapple on pizza. We talked about Pizza Hut, Domino's, and Little Caesars, and a pizza alliance, and then how small your menu is. So I, I, I just I applaud that. Tell me more about this pizza alliance. Like, and, and, and why is collaboration so important? Because I think most people would look at it, and they would say, if someone goes to Dante and gets a pizza or they go to the Moots pizza truck and get a pizza, that's someone who that day is not coming to Virtuoso to get pizza because they're going and getting someone else's. But, and, and this is a, this is a common refrain I hear from a lot of chefs is it's so important to lift everyone up. There's that, the phrase, you know, uh, the high tide right rises all boats. Um, so kind of, Unpack that a little bit further for people. Why, why is collaboration so much more important in the restaurant game than competition? I think collaboration, well, through collaboration, you know, as an independent operator, you're, you're pretty much responsible for all the books, the, the finance, the ordering, the hiring, the kitchen. I mean, you wear many hats. Like my wife, my wife is, here I go. <laughs> you asked me this question. <laughs> so, but my wife, tangents. Go on my tangents. wife is the it of the pizzeria. You know, she is the face when you walk in. She does the IT literally with all the computers or anything that we need. She pays all the bills. Does the social media? <laughs> she does all of the social media. Um, she's responsible for a lot. I just have to go in and make food, you know, and she's got all this pressure on her. And, and, and you've seen her on Friday. She works the ovens. I mean, right. she, she's like a, a kitchen badass. Honestly, she comes and tops the pies, lands them in the oven. And these are 20 inch pies. I got a lot of guys that are afraid to just land them. My wife just goes up in there and just, you know, she pulls them out right when they're supposed to, they all look beautiful, you know? So again, it's just collaboration through collaboration. You can have people, that are like-minded with you, but they get stuck into like wondering how do you, how does somebody else do this? I'm, I'm in a rut right now, or I, I can't figure out how to get my dough to be this, this good, or, you know, it doesn't travel as well. What is this guy using that, that I'm not using? And maybe it's just the difference between a piece of wax paper and actually spending 27 cents and getting a perfect crust pizza liner. And in the beginning, you know, do we, we do a GBD. Okay. That means get better daily. And everything could be improved on a daily basis. And if you have a core group of people thinking like-minded with you that meet monthly or bi-monthly, and they all have a pizzeria, and everybody has a thought, even the best of the best always, you know, wonder, you know, you see things on social media or people have their little burst of, you know, they rise to the top. And then, you know, this game is like to try to be in the consistent middle. Everything at the top only has a certain time frame, you know, and everybody at the bottom is trying to get to the top. I'm pretty cool with just being like not middle of the road, like we're an average pizzeria because we're not, but being always, always there, you know, like always at the thought. It's never, it's never out of your range. Like we're in that conversation of where do you go for good, consistent quality food? So other pizzerias, you know, Colin, congratulations to him. He's finally going to get a brick and mortar spot. Mm -hmm. You know this, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited. So, um, I was actually going to hijack you with him and, you know, Frampton and straw hacker and just all three, all, all four of us come in here today, but it, it didn't really work out with them. I was going to be like, Hoppin thought he was getting one pizza. Well, I'm giving him a four, you know? Well, that just so, sounds like a future episode right yeah. there. We'll do it. Yeah. You don't have to hijack it. <laughs> yeah. We can schedule that. So, you know, and there's just, some. Um, there's exciting things that are happening with different technology. Uh, maybe some pizzerias don't know about them. Um, like what? Well, so I used to think that it was against the law to not hand stretch a pizza. 
right? Because <laughs> because these presses I didn't really like. I felt they smashed all the love out of it. But there's actually um, some great technology out there. Um, I'm going to go do some product testing in New York on Sunday this this month here, the 15th for three days. And then I'm going to go to Dallas in the next 30 days. And I'll be able to tell you more about which ones are the best ones. But there's uh, cold technology out there that you can spin a pie consistently every time in a matter of seconds that um, Univex offers. And you don't have to you don't have to worry about punching holes in it. Is it how do, how do you get your dough so consistent? You know, these these ones that press, there's not, listen, however you get your pizza out and people are buying it, that's good. But is there ways to improve or newer technology? Yeah, that's what I feel like the Alliance will let you know. There's there's uh, certain people in the industry that, that jump in a little bit more. You know, they like want to immerse themselves fully into what are they getting into. And those are the kinds of people that I like to hang out with. And so my wife calls it nerd stuff, but I'm, I, I'll take it. So to show somebody different technology or different proofing methods, um, there's, there's uh, infrared, microwave, and convection technology combined in one that you can use for, you know, reheats or uh, even if you just did like a sandwich inside your pizzeria and you're trying to figure out how do I get this a little bit better, um, and a lot of these are industry giants that, that people go, oh, you know, fast food sucks. Well, fast food serves its purpose as well. And, and you can learn a lot from the fast food industry if you're trying to serve. And everybody is trying to serve everybody a little bit faster, you know. I tell everybody, we're still the fastest pizza or anywhere you can get food up in Benson for sure. Well, Literally I mean, just walk up to the counter, yeah. pick out a slice, pay, and you're out of there. Yeah, and, and we're if you order a whole pie, we're generally 20 to 30 minutes. Now, there's there's the times where we're, you know, obviously Friday at 6.30, 7 o'clock. That's everybody wants pizza, same with Saturday. So we might tell you it's 45 minutes. And and really, that's still, we're making, we're making you the best, freshest pizza you can have. And when I say fresh, I don't mean we make our dough fresh that day because you never come to virtuoso and eat dough that was made that day it's it's got to be a two-day minimum for us to be able to serve it and so maybe the alliance just lets people come in they can meet at our pizzeria and we can just break some bread together talk about different things maybe you have some uh, marketing technique that's working for you and your sales have increased because you've done this or like i said the perfect crust liners have made my pie travel a lot better um, over time versus uh, a wax paper that you can just throw on there very cheap. You don't get the oil build up. It doesn't touch the bottom. It's still crispy, you know, and then maybe you can see different oven technology that's out there. You know, I know there's a lot of people still use the old Baker's pride and different ovens like that. And those are great ovens. I had one until about maybe just over a year ago when I upgraded to a Capone oven, you know, and so we kind of, reimagined ourselves and just celebrated our five-year pizzaversary here on May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Thank you. And so, you know, I was recalling when we opened up the pizzeria and I reached out to Colin and said, Hey, congrats on, on your, your brick and mortar. I heard you're, you're getting a brick and mortar. If there's anything I can do, you know, I'm here for you. Um, I don't have a big ego at all. I'd, I'd love to share any information with anybody. That's how I learned you know, that's how my dad showed me. That's how other people that have <clears throat> taught me have showed me. You know, it's kind of like the, the pay it forward thing, you know. Right. And you can show 10 people how to do it. And the ones that care, they're going to do it the way you want to. And then, you know, maybe there's eight people that just know how to do it, but they don't put out the same product as you. And it just comes down to care. And sometimes it's just the little things. And that's what the Pizza Alliance would really be all about. And then the, the bigger picture of it would, would ultimately be uh, – you know, I want to bring like a true pizza festival to the area, Oh, man, you know, where you, where, awesome. where you have, you know, so if there is any pizzerias that are listening and they want to be in the pizza Alliance or just gain knowledge or whatever, you, you know, reach out to me through the virtuoso pizzeria. Um, and I'll get back in touch with you, but you know, it's, I, I'm not saying it's, it's not open to everybody, but you know, like your chains, <clears throat> They, they got it figured out, right? So they don't need us. 
And just a real quick take on support local, support local. And everybody always says this, you know, and here I, <clears throat> you know, your Domino's, your Little Caesars, and your, your Pizza Huts, right? Those are big chains. But they're not sending people from corporate to come work them, right? Those are local. They are locally they'll, owned. They're yes. locally owned. They still need local people, you know, and they're by no means going away. But I'm, I'm just saying, <clears throat> everywhere that has somebody working is, is, is pretty much a local spot. In, in my opinion. So wh- where did this idea, I love, I love the idea for the Pizza Alliance. I think it's great to share ideas to help everybody level up their game. It's just going to make Omaha's pizza scene even better. And I'm already a huge fan of it. Where did the idea come from? Is this something that you saw in other cities or were you just interacting with other people and you're like, man, we should be having these conversations as a group. Where did it come from? So it, it comes from being in that pizza community that I'm in. And pretty much anybody making pizza can be into it. It just takes a little bit of effort on your part. Um, But they have the International Pizza Expo. And most all those people are like-minded people, right, that meet up once a year and you share these ideas. And then there's a gentleman named John Arena. And I want to say maybe two or three years ago, probably three years ago, he started the uh, Las Vegas Pizza Alliance. Pretty much that's where the idea was like, you know, I was in my – probably my second year. And, you know, you have those growing pains when you're, when you're doing it. So I'm, I'm able to reach out to all my friends across the country, you know, wherever they're at. And uh, not a lot of people have that advantage. Right. Mm -hmm. So John, he, he had this little model that he was doing. So I, you know, I asked Vincent Rotella who owns good pie in Las Vegas. He's part of the Alliance and, he was like, yeah, man, I think anybody can do it. It's just, you know, it's just about, like you said, lifting other people up and, and sharing ideas and, and, and moving forward being, you know, not necessarily a pioneer because it's all been done, but just a, a leader in letting people gain information or knowledge. And, you know, <clears throat> I won't give you any of my starter. I, I'll tell you how to make a starter. You know what I mean? But point is there's plenty of room and you know when you say oh hey go eat at tasty pizza who mary is a great lady and um she's reached out to me one time through help and that's why i was kind of like oh you know people they they look to me for advice kind of often but you know where i consult for free or whatever so i'm like maybe you know maybe i am the guy to put this together because no one's put it together in omaha anyway but all the pizzerias that i've reached out to all are like, yes, I, w- I would love that. I would love to have somewhere or somebody or some body of knowledge to when I'm stuck at whatever the critical point is. And, you know, sometimes they're critical and sometimes they're not. But in that moment, they might really seem like you you got to have that answer. And instead of pulling your hair out, you can you can call on the alliance or know that you got information there. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think you're a, you're a wealth of information, especially because of your background, uh, your family owns La Solo Mio. You grew up in that restaurant. Like you are someone who has a lot of experience in restaurants. So even outside of the pizza world, like somebody like Colin Atkinson, who is opening his brick and mortar. He has a food truck right now, the Moots food truck. But like, like we've said, he's opening a brick and mortar. He can come to you and be like, hey, I've never done this before. Like he can. And now he has like you and Nick Strawhecker, who's had Dante since 2008. Like you guys are established you know restaurants you know how to open a restaurant how to market a restaurant and he can come to you guys and get that just tips on that even outside of just pizza and i think the more collaboration the more sharing of ideas the more collective knowledge there is the better omaha's food scene and this specifically the pizza scene is for it definitely that's that's the main objective there and I think colin's gonna do great he had a good product and a food i told him i just talked to him last week and said Man, you put out a banging product for just a couple, you know, little uni ovens inside of a, a van, basically. Now, wait till you get some real gear, you know, then you'll, you know, you thought you were doing great before. You're going to just be on like his next level of life, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the food truck was a certain level for him. And now he's advancing to his brick and mortar. And you know, I wish the kid the best of luck. I don't think he needs much of much of my help in doing any product design or anything like that, but you know, sometimes maybe delivery or, you know, a layout or you get stuck. So whatever it is, I'm, I'm here. 
Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. I love when restaurant menus list all the different producers and farms where their meats, cheeses, and vegetables arrive from. It gives me confidence that I'm eating a quality product because the restaurant is proud to attach its name to the brand. The same goes for beef, and that's one of the main reasons why I love certified Piedmontese. Certified Piedmontese is farm-to-fork traceable as it purchases its cattle from a trusted network of family ranches in the Midwest. All certified Piedmontese beef is raised without hormones, steroids, or antibiotics, and it's 100% source verified by Where Food Comes From Incorporated. And when you buy certified Piedmontese, you know where your food is coming from and why it tastes so good. Place your order today on Piedmontese.com with my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, and feast on delicious, safe cuts of beef with confidence. And now, back to my guest. Now, we've done a lot of shining of light on other restaurants, talking about other restaurants, but I do want to talk about Virtuoso because, I mean, you own it. And it <laughs> maybe you don't want to be identified as the best or whatever. I'll call you the best. I, you're my personal favorite. And I, I think it does come down to the consistency of the pizza and – I know that I know two things about Virtuoso. When I come in and order a slice, regardless of which slice it is or or whole pie, I know that you're going to hand make it because I've watched you. I've been back in that kitchen. You hand make every one like it's your first pizza. And I know that the crust, the cheese and the sauce are going to be on point. Those are like the base layers of pizza that I feel like you cannot have great pizza if you don't nail those three layers. So can we break down those three things? At Virtuoso, yeah. the crust, the sauce, and the cheese, and what makes them stand out and form a great pie, regardless of what else you put on top of it. All right, so quality of ingredients, we talked about that. Consistency, so what everybody thinks, this is this is great, because if I do kind of, you know, I'm 52, maybe take a little easier or different different course and not be at the pizzeria so much, not not anytime soon, but say in five or six years and I go, oh, hey, I'm going to take it easy. I'm almost 58, whatever. And people go, oh, the food fell down. It's It's been down. They're, they, they really can't say that because I haven't made the dough. My son, Angelo, he makes the dough for the last, you know, what, three and a half years. Pretty much every day he makes the dough. And, you know, do I make the dough? Sure, there's, you know, he's 24. He misses some work and so I have to make dough. And he also makes the sauce for us and the Italian beef. And I taught him how to do that exactly like me so that you wouldn't be able to tell who made it. So what I want you to do when you when I teach you how to do something is I got to say, who makes the best pizza? You know, and every guy should raise their hand, right? Because they all think they make the best pizza. But if you all make them the exact same, then we then we all make the best pizza, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the, the key to this game is to be able to, if, if Dan Hoppen is making the pizza in the kitchen or David Lasoli or Angelo Lasoli, you can't tell which one of those three made the pizza because <laughs> they all make it with the same quality and care. And it all starts with the ingredients. So, you know, for the dough, I use a, a double O flour and <clears throat> wow, flour, flour is like the, the number one thing that, that is the key to it. And it's, relatively cheap or inexpensive, I should say. Um, in the last probably two months, it's gone up exponentially. But, you know, as an owner-operator, you either figure those parts out, you know. So you got to start with quality dough. We, we, like I said, we use a natural starter in our, in our pizzeria. And I think I told this story before how my son, you know, every time when I was showing him, you know, I say, hey, did you feed that? Did you feed the starter? Did you feed that? He would see after about two weeks, he said, dad, if you're going to ask me every morning, if I fed this thing, I'm going to give him a name. So we named, he named him Frank. So Frank is a poolish. So Frank poolish and we steal from him. And then we put back every day and I keep them under lock and key in a, in a tub under my thing, you know, and it's just more, more for the creation of mystique and just, you hear stories of people taking it. So just for me and my Italian entertainment, I'm, I put some locks on mine. So my son has a set, and I have a set, and that's it. It's, it's like our KFC recipe. you got to protect the starter. Yeah, so the starter, and, and honestly, at all costs, and that's why, you know, so real quick, you know, I'm going to say, you know, it's it's very important to have, you know, 
good neighbors. I have a, a lot of good neighbors up in Benson, the Benson Brewery, Akaran, uh, David from Yoshitomo, you know, a lot of the different bar owners, <clears throat> everybody. So we, we kind of help each other. And I remember when our power went out and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? The Benson Brewery, so we didn't lose Frank, you know, the, the whole block was out for like two days. And so we wheeled Frank over into their to their locker, you know, and then I remember, or their walk-in cooler. And then the, another time I was like, oh man, I'm going to be gone out of town for like eight days. I can't leave Frank unattended, you know, but Ben from Ben Maids from the Acherant, he he's trustworthy. He's my boy. I'm like, Ben, I need you to, you know, kind of babysit Frank for me. So you find ways to protect your, your, your product. Um, and then our sauce, our sauce is, uh, so I said, it's, it's a starter. And then 24, 48 hours would be the minimum. But usually if you're coming into our pizzeria, we like to stay ahead of it. You're eating 72 plus hour dough. And if you come in tomorrow, you're going to eat a 96 hour fermentation. It's going to be beautiful. So, Which is the best? It's, yeah. What, what does the aging do to the dough? Well, it helps uh, break it down. It's, it's easier on your stomach. It eats the glutens up in there. And then uh, I don't want to say it almost becomes gluten free, but... Let's just say I have a lot of people with gluten intolerances, one of them being my sister-in-law, who we opened our pizzeria two months after she was had to be gluten-free, okay? She just celebrated her, I think, 34th anniversary or whatever, and or 24th, and we celebrated our five years. And she was into the pizzeria and brought us you know, a little gift and was thanking us. And uh, she goes, hey, let me know if you ever have that dough that you said I could eat. And I said, oh, today would be a perfect day for this dough. This dough is like five days fermented. You should be no problem at all. And so for the first time in five years, my sister-in-law got to be able to taste our our pizza and no complications at all. Wow. So it's, 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 it's good for that reason. I can't say that we have gluten-free pizza by no means because... I don't want people with celiacs or any of you eat at your own discretion is what I tell people. But my sister's another one with gluten intolerances and she comes in and she eats our pizza. So it's, it's nice. It's easier for you. The sauce that we, we actually only put three ingredients in our sauce. You know, we don't put any garlic or any, any, uh, basil or any of that. We just use, I'll tell you what we use. We use oregano, extra virgin olive oil, and we use uh, Mediterranean sea salt. So we use Stanislaus tomato products grown in Modesto, California. Uh, just keep it simple, you know. Simple but brilliant. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, it's like your Nana used to make or your mom, you know, just. And I use those techniques in my pizzeria as far as like when I say like your Nana used to make. Um, I don't let my food sit in a hot pan like so. We're, we're pretty much our Italian beefs have taken off. We used to make like one, one and a half every week, you know, 10 days. Now we're making three beefs a, uh, a week. Okay. And part of what makes the beef so good is we hand punch them with garlic. We create a bark, we bake it and we pull it out. We let it rest for the whole night, 18 to 24 hours. And then when we, we slice it, we slice it thin to win. It's always medium rare. And then we wrap it in a parchment paper and it doesn't see air until you order it. We keep it refrigerated. And we, you know, a lot of places that do it, they want to do mass production of it. So they dump all the meat in to the au jus and then it gets hard over time and starts to get a little chewy, no matter how good you cooked it. I've, I've done the experiment myself. And if you cook a medium rare, it's still going to sit in that hot, hot au jus. So <clears throat> we just make sure that we keep it nice and, uh, nice and cool for you. And I can keep my food for 10 to 12 days at a time where other places are we're heating up and breaking down their food, heating and cooling it on a constant nightly level, putting it in steam tables or whatnot. I don't do any of that jazz. I use what I'm going to use that day. And then at the end of the year, I don't have $500 worth of food that I throw away. Right. So. And the cheese. The cheese. Well, I believe you've told me previously it comes from a farm where all the cows are named. Yeah, it's Grande Cheese. And, uh, okay, I'll tell you a quick story. So. Yep, I knew it. <laughs> we got stories. So Grande Cheese is, uh, 
they definitely they're high quality. They no no GMOs. Um, they name their cows. They have veterinarians. They don't over pump them. They have all these things, but on the bag, it's the same. You know, three ingredients. It's you know, just some enzymes, some curd, and then milk. Right. That's it. So they make their own cheese out of those, and the the rest of the companies they put these anti caking agents in it. Right. And so I've never been about anything but pure and good food like that, especially when it comes to cheese. And then uh, Reserva from Cisco came out, and they had a bag similar, and cheese is going through the roof, and it's all about the shred, right? So the cheese quality is good, but also the way you shred your cheese matters on how your pizza has what they call a cheese pull or coverage or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you come to our pizzeria, you know you're not really getting a big giant cheese pull because I'm all about the sauce to topping and cheese ratio. Yes. So they came at me. They said, here's three free cases of cheese. We want want you to tell us what you think of this cheese. Now, my cheese from Grande had just went up to $130 for the case. And I was like, holy moly. All right. How much is this a case? It's $92. I said, it's $92 a case. I said, all right, let me try this out. You know, I've been dropped off cheese before and I've, Kindly rejected because I don't want to throw it in the trash. And I say, hey, I'm not going to use this. It has an anti-caking agent in it. You guys can just come pick it up, give it to someone else. So this one doesn't have anything in it. It's the same, same, same as Grande. So a great melt factor, everything, whole milk mozzarella. And so uh, I'd been using it. And then after a while, you know, they I used it for about six weeks, okay? And they started ratcheting it up the price and it just kept going up. And I was like, oh, it's like $6 less than, than the product that I was getting from Grande. But the deal with it was I was able to, and this is why I say the shred makes the difference. I was able to take a nine ounce bag and take it to a seven and a half ounce bag because they were pre-shredding it a little bit thinner. I got a little better coverage, right? And no, no difference. You couldn't, you couldn't really tell it just, just worked out that way. So I was like, okay, I, I'm going to save an ounce and a half. I can, I can justify this switch. Well, then they ratchet up the price a little. Grande's like, hey, why isn't this guy buying our cheese anymore? So the big guy comes in from the regional, and he's like, hey, you know, I've been gone a couple of years, but, man, I haven't forgot about you. You know, why aren't you using our cheese? I want to know from you because – you know, we care about you and your opinion matters. You know, if you stopped using it, other people might. And so I told him, I said, it was basically, it came down to your cost was about the same, but their shred was different. And I was able to take that shred and go a little bit further than I was with the other guys. And so he said, have you tried our diced? I said, didn't even know you had a diced. He said, well, I'm going to send you a case tomorrow, and, and I want you to use it, you know. So then he showed back up with with a bag and six guys and said, here, make this pizza, and then sent me some cases of, of the cheese. And I was like, okay, now now I can still have the same, and I can still tell the story because life is, 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 is a little bit better with and more interesting stories. And <laughs> I always tell, you know, my wife and this part of what makes the pizzeria at Virtuoso such an awesome experience is that the pizza can be great. And if you're unappreciative or, you know, definitely I've been told I'm intimidating or, you know, I take no shit from anybody, but that doesn't mean I'm not welcoming, you know, and I love, mm-hmm. I love all the customers. I love the interaction. Like, you know, I, I love everything about the human part of it. You know, it's the one, it's the bad seeds that are like, ah, but they're far and few between. And we have a reputation of taking those shit. So we, we see less of them now in year five than we did in year one and two. Okay. And once, once that was established, I think the perception of who you are makes your pizza what it is as well. So if you're kind of a jerk, your pizza is probably not that good. Even if it's the best pizza you know what I mean? With the best ingredients, but that guy's unpleasant. They don't smile. They don't even say thank you. You know, there's no extra service above and beyond anything. Why do you want to go back to them? You, you probably get better service at the mid range place. Right. And, and then that becomes the best pizza. Cause that guy's got a good smile and he talks to you and hell, my wife knows so many people and their stories and 
you know, she always refers to herself as, uh, I think it's Lucy on Charlie Brown. Uh, they tell this. Yeah. Is that what they come up and tell this story? Yeah, they, they pay the, the nickel, the five cents, and she's there and yes. she listens. Yeah. Yes. So that's that's my wife's little joke is I need the bucket with the nickel out there. I mean, she'd be retired already because everybody just, you know, they tell her the oddest things too, or, you know, whatever. But it's her personality combined with our awesome pizza. And, you know, then when I invite people back into the kitchen, you know, it's the whole, it's the whole shell of it all. You know, it's not just the pizza that makes it great. It's my son. It's, it's my wife. It's the, it's the, the green and, you know, red and white, you uh-huh. know, painted like an Italian flag. You get to see us work the pizzas right out in, in the open from, you know, you might even, you know, get a free show. You know, I might might lose my mind for 10 or 15 seconds or something and, you know, start throwing some explicits out there. But, you know, it's all part of the it's all part of the fun up there at Virtuoso Pizzeria. I, I mean, <laughs> that is something that I love about. And you kind of talked about the design of the restaurant. It's a long, skinny restaurant. And when you walk in, when you look to the right, you can see all the way back in that kitchen. You can see the ovens. You can see uh, the walk-in meat, cooler. You can everything. see the walk-in cooler. You can see meatballs being cut. You can see the roast beef being shaved. It's all right there. And you can, I mean... You invite people back there. People can go back there and they can talk to you or you will come out. Maybe not everyone. Well, you have back. to be invited to be back there. If you okay, just come yes. back unannounced, I, that, that's I don't know how I'd take that. But no, <laughs> I know what you're but, saying. But Dan. you are just so friendly and you're right there. You are accessible. And then you come out into the into the um, the dining area as well and say hi to people. And I think that that plays into what you were talking about in that, yeah, the pizza can be great. But if the overall experience isn't, or if it's a little bit cold, that's not as welcoming. It's not as welcoming. Yeah, I learned that from my mother at La Solo Mio. Um, I remember, I, so I used to do cabinetry, woodworking, you know, build countertops and, you know, kitchen, kitchen stuff like that. And uh, so I'd get off work and I'd have to hurry up and get cleaned up and then we'd go and I'd be a waiter or a cook, whatever my mom was telling me I was doing, you know, my dad is back there like a one man show with my brother Dino and they're just pumping out hundreds of meals and you just come. And I I remember the first day I was just told to just walk around and give, give away free samples to stuff. They sold out, right. It was crazy. And then you learn the welcoming and all this different stuff. I'm not as crazy as my mother is because she would flat out, stop the restaurant on a Friday night, turn the music up as loud as it can go. And everybody would be doing the Macarena. And, 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 and so she would do the Macarena and then from the Macarena, they would do the Italian flag dance. So for maybe like, I don't know, it seemed like for three to five years on Friday nights and sometimes on Saturdays, whatever, whatever pop culture was in my mom's head, or, you know, I would walk 500 miles from you. I think maybe you know, she might have choreographed a dance to that or something like that. You know, so my mom was very, very much into the people aspect of it. And my son, Angela, always thought, oh, you're a people pleaser, a people pleaser. Son, I'm not a people pleaser. I don't even like people. But I don't know what you're even <laughs> talking about, you know. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. You can't tell anybody no, you know, you know. And, and uh, part of not telling anybody no, that's not true at all. I, I say no a lot, but he was referring to just this Saturday night. 1130, we had to deliver, we didn't have to, but I had a a couple reach out to me. They wanted our pizza for their after reception party at Krug Park. And everybody, surefire thought, Dave's saying, nope, nope, nope. And I said, yes. And they're like, what? It's 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. You're, you close at eight and then you saw out the window till like 930, 10. And that's already, so that's, that created like a 16 hour day for me, right? But that's all right. I said, <clears throat> somebody did this for me at my wedding reception. I, I go to the uh, El Dorado down on 24th Street. And Nacho, that's not his real name, but Nacho is his nickname. He hooked me up. He said, oh, we don't normally do this, but I'll, I'll put you in touch with this guy. And he'll kind of help you out a little bit, right? Well, his little bit turned into they set up the whole, you know, pork on a spigot for us mm-hmm. and uh I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. They even left it for us to just have for the whole night. So I thought, wow, we whenever I talk about my reception, they're forever included in that conversation. And my wife was like, that was what she wanted, right? So when he told me, well, my wife really just wants your pizza, I thought, how do I tell this guy 
his wife can't have what she wanted on her wedding night when somebody else was able to make it happen for me. So you got to pay it forward in life. Mm-hmm. And so real quick, being that we're talking about paying it forward, I know we're getting kind of long here, but um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Right. So I think it's very important in, in people's lives to hear that they're appreciated, you know, or that they're, uh, they're loved even, you know. A lot of people don't say, I say I love you to men all the time. And, you know, there's just not a lot of guys that, that'll hug, you know. I hug, I give hugs, I talk to people, you know. People tell me, I'm, I meet total strangers and they tell me things. So there's a lot of people out there that are just reaching for somebody to talk to or to have someone just tell them, hey, man, you're appreciated or you're worthy, you know, your life doesn't suck. So that's why I just wanted to just put that out there, you know, it's, it's okay to just be a friend and not have ulterior motives. Just tell somebody, hey, thank you, or I appreciate you. Just be good to people. Yeah. It's really not that hard. No. Life, life, is, uh, life is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be tough at times, interesting, you know. <clears throat> but it should never be the thought of the end of it because you never really know how close you are to something changing, you know. And so... <clears throat> I never give up on my dreams or what I, what I do. And a lot of times it's mental projection. You know, you got to kind of tell yourself and some people aren't able to tell themselves because they were never brought up with love or how to, how to actually deal with, you know, not making it. It's okay to fail. I actually don't think I've ever failed in my life because every time I've ever not succeeded or it didn't go as planned, I learned, I was like, Ooh, that's where I didn't do it. Okay. You know? And so here I am about to be 52 and I'm finally figuring out how to be the champion of my own life. So that's such a healthy perspective that you've never failed, but just, (laughs) you just have learned to grow from those. And, And I think as long as you're always learning, that's what's important. Yeah. I think failure, Dan would be if you tried something and you didn't succeed at it, and you never tried anything again. Yeah. That would be true failure. Right. So, All right. One last question about, right. about the pizzeria. And I love you guys have a set menu with uh, probably a, about a, a dozen different pizza options. And then there are the daily slices that are available as well. You also have daily specials that you offer just about every day. You've got something a little bit different. How do you come up with those? Well, Dan, the truth is I come up with them based on product that I need to get rid of. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the truthful answer for most of them. But customer requests, I come up with a lot of them. Um, I have a customer. I'm going to give a shout out to big old Jonathan Rebellos. He is the namesake of Fat Tony. And he actually wants Fat Tony the Enforcer, but... Fat Tony is the pizza. Mm-hmm. I think it's a Simpsons reference or something. I'm not even sure. Meatballs, pepperoni, lemon agave, pesto, and ricotta cheese. Yes. Is the Fat Tony. That is the Fat Tony. And and and, and people love it. It's a banger. And uh, it's creeped up into the top three, four of our sellers of the whole pies. Okay. And we do have the whole pies that we, we set. We call them our Sweet 16. Um, but you can certainly create your own different toppings. Um we just, these are the ones that we came up with and we'd like you to try them. But the, the slices really just, you know, my wife names a lot of them, like the Claudia. She named that one. I said, Hey babe, I'm going to, I'm going to use this chorizo. You know, I need to use it and let's get uh, whatever I put on it. And she said, Oh, that sounds beautiful. I'm going to call it Claudia. I said, all right. So great. <laughs> it, it, but, and, and it was great, but it, it is funny because the names, they help people, you know, they, she, whatever she tells them up there, they, they sell. And then she handwrites on the board, which is very important as far as people knowing that, you know, when you handwrite something, it says something about your rotation, you care, you know, it's not just such a printed thing and permanent. So we always change. And then for the summertime or nice days, even in the wintertime, my wife goes out there and she puts a tick, what is it? Hopscotch. She puts hopscotch on the sidewalk. And so she creates a, a, a different aesthetic. She usually comes up with the slices. Try to ask my son 
you know, what does he want? He most of the time says, whatever you want, I don't care. I just make the pizzas, Dad. But he actually cares more than than you would you would think he does because he does everything the exact same way <clears throat> that I do it. And and that's really what makes me the most proud is is knowing that his quality of care, you know, is is right there with mine. Mm-hmm. So we are up against the time here. This has been a fantastic conversation. But one last question that I got to ask you: What do I got to do to get a hopping slice on the menu, or just a daily slice, whatever it is? What do I got to do? Just you tell me what your what your flavor creation is, and I'll, I'll either tell you, yeah, I'm going to do it, or <laughs> or I'm going to say, you know, I have Change a that. I have a guy. He's like, hey, I want you to put some uh, cheese whiz and some ranch and some some purple onions and chicken, and and I'm like, oh, bro, bro, so you lost me at the cheese whiz and the and the ranch on the pizza. I said. I have certain standards that I do. I know I talked earlier about the guy that woke up on it, but I don't know. I just, for me, I have a core set of principles. I'm kind of a traditionalist, and so we'll just leave it at that. I will not be asking for any cheese whiz or mustard or anything like that. That much, I promise you. Yeah. But, uh, David, anything else before we get out of here? Any any parting words, any knowledge that you want to drop on people? And One last story that you want to get out there? Anything that we haven't hit on? No, I mean, really just, you know, support your local anything, you know, at pizzerias. Look, there's a lot of good pizzerias out here. That's why I want to do this pizza alliance to just let people know. It's not about, I'm not competing with myself or anybody else on a daily. I just want the experience to be where, I mean, you share basically life and love through food. That's pretty good. I tell my kid all the time, we're getting paid to make pizza. Not a bad deal. Beautiful words to live by, getting paid to make pizza. So he won't do it, but I will do it for him. Virtuoso Pizzeria is, if it's not the best pizza in Omaha, it is right up there. It is on the Mount Rushmore. It is absolutely fantastic. Go, you can get a daily slice. The pepperoni is great. The cheese is great. If you get a whole pizza, get the hot honey. That thing is something truly special. Just trust me. Once you have honey on pizza, you won't be able to go back, especially Mike's hot honey. So you don't want to give yourself a plug. I will I will be the one to give you a plug. David, thank you so thank much you, for Dan. coming back on the show. It. I appreciate it very much. And thanks for everybody out there for supporting us for the last five years. Obviously, you can't have a pizzeria if you don't have customers. Let's do it another five and another five and another five after that. Take it. Thank you. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. Ciao. A Huda Media Production.